Coming up on Abounding Grace, receive God's call in your life to evangelize. If you are convinced we're in the last days, if you're convinced what you're seeing on the news is lining up with the Bible, if you're convinced of the animosity toward the church, if you're convinced that, that more and more countries, more and more leaders are turning on Christians, turning on believers, that more that the one world government's coming, a one world currency, if you believe all that, which I know most of you do, then this is God's call upon your life. He's not calling you to freak out. He's calling you to evangelize. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado welcomes you now to Abounding Grace. Today, Pastor Ed Taylor will finish up our series in Daniel, and we're talking about evangelism in the last days. When we left you last time, Pastor Ed emphasized this is not just for pastors, but for every believer. We are all called to evangelism, and today we'll see we're to share everywhere. Here's Pastor Ed. In Matthew 28, verse 19, some of you Bible students, you already know, this is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. If that's not already in a side note in your Bible, make sure to write it down. It's not called the Great Suggestion. You're committed. This is part of the package. It's like Jesus saying, I'm ordering you. I'm telling you. I bought you. I purchased you. I paid with you my own blood. You belong to me. And here's what I'm telling you to do right now. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples. baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to do that. That's my call to you. That's my command. You know, and when it comes to sin, I want to develop this. I've done it different places, but when it comes to sin, there are basically two categories of sin. Sins of commission and sins of omission. We are very familiar with the sins of commission. That's when we do something that's wrong. We do something that's wrong. We choose to commit a wrong action. We're pretty familiar with those. We don't make plus, we don't, unfortunately, we don't place a strong emphasis, but I'm placing it for you now, so we can't say that anymore. We don't, the world, the church doesn't place a big emphasis on sins of omission. The sins of omission are when you don't do what's right. When you refuse to obey, you refuse to do what's right. That's sin. It's not just doing wrong. And here the Holy Spirit's ready to lead you. Hear me out. Hear me out, church, because you may by this like, like, oh, this is not a guilt trip. I'm not guilt tripping you. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's not intended to guilt trip you. It's tended to, if you are convinced, and I think by now, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, if you're convinced you're in the last days, this is where you should be. I mean, it could be any days, right? Because every generation thought they were in the last days, but we're alive now. And if you are if you are convinced we're in the last days, if you're convinced what you're seeing on the news is lining up with the Bible, if you're convinced of the animosity toward the church, if you're convinced that, that more and more countries, more and more leaders are turning on Christians, turning on believers, that more, that the one world government's coming, a one world currency, if you believe all that, which I know most of you do, then this is God's call upon your life. He's not calling you to freak out. He's calling you to evangelize. He's given you an outlet for all that passion. And that's to care for other people. 
Some of you, of course, are more inclined to do this than others, but it's a command to all of us. There is a joy in sharing the good news. In a hopeless world, Jesus Christ, when you share the gospel, you're encouraged. I can't tell you how many times, just in my role as a pastor teacher, where I've had a bad day, or I've had a bad week, or I've had a bad month, and just standing here teaching the Bible reinvigorates me. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, there's nobody in the room. This is for me. This is all for me. I hope you guys are enjoying it, but God's teaching me right now. He's ministering to me, because as you obey God, there is a benefit that comes with obedience. There's joy and peace. And when you share the gospel, it's just the hardest part about evangelism is just getting started. (laughs) Just take the first step. Jesus was so often among the people preaching and teaching. Remember back uh, in John chapter 2, where was Jesus? At a wedding. With who? A bunch of sinners. Perfect opportunity for him to shine. You, You think he was there building bridges personally into their lives. And that's an effective way to share Jesus. You've heard it many times. Learning how to build bridges. I see a lot, or I have seen a lot. In my early days as a new believer, I was guilty of this. I see a lot of guys going out, blowing up bridges. And just going out like, just like guns ablazing with the gospel. And it's like, man, leave me alone. There's no care and concern for the person. There's no care and concern for their hurt. There's no care and concern for all of those things. Their guiltiness, their loneliness. It's just like, I just want to convince you, you're a sinner. And man, that's it, you're a sinner. And they blow up bridges. And they think it's like their responsibility. They're more concerned with making sure they say something than they are being a tool in the hands of God. And so you just think, I just want to build a bridge. I can, I, I love to lead you to the Lord right now. I, I had that privilege after Sunday service. After Sunday, you know, we had a different type of service. And for those of you here, second service, we, all the services were the same. We did communion at the end. We did worship. It was kind of like a believer's. Shared the gospel. But then I said, you know, if you want to decide, just stay seated. And so as people were staying seated, I was able to, to come to this young couple. And uh, you could see that, that the young lady was a little troubled and just really concerned. The message ministered to her. And as I was talking to her, I asked her the question, well, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And by the way, that was a lesson I learned the hard way back when I served in the church in California. I was in the counseling room and somebody came in and, and I just couldn't minister to them. They just didn't want to talk to me. They asked for somebody else. So the supervisor came alongside of me and, and he said, it was, he didn't do this, but he said, it's almost like, step to the side, young man. Let me show you how it's done. And as he stepped to the side, as I did step and I started watching and as he took over, he asked a question that never crossed my mind. No wonder these guys were going because he said, are you guys married? Ah. Uh, You see, you got to ask the hard questions. The whole issue in their life was they weren't married. That's why. That's why they were paying the price of fornication. They were living together. They weren't honoring God. So, of course, their life's going to be a mess. And I I was like, oh, Lord, I'd learn. I'll never forget it. And so, for this couple now, I asked the question. I never, hopefully, I never assume anybody's a believer because they're sitting in a, so she's troubled. And so, are you, do you have a relationship with Jesus? She says, I want to. Thank you for telling me that. So I began to share with her, weaving the gospel together with all the hurts and pains she walked into this room with. And by the time we were in, I said, well, is there anything stopping you from, I look like you're very ready to surrender your life. Is there anything preventing you from receiving and repenting of your sins and receiving Jesus right here? She said, no. We had the privilege of praying with them right in those seats right there. And she walked out, a person following Jesus Christ. The, The reality is, you might be sitting next to her. Somebody was sitting next to her. 
I don't know who, but somebody was, that role wasn't, it wasn't just them. Somebody was sitting next to her. Somebody worked with her. Somebody helped her at the grocery store. Like we're, people that are lost are all around us. And it's just so encouraging. It's so encouraging. When we first opened up and uh, the church here, and, and I was just, I don't know, Lord. I'm not sure. I think this is from you. We took a step of faith. We opened up. I was, I was super hyper nervous that weekend uh, with all sorts of emotion. And I really wasn't sure. I thought it was from the Lord. So I obeyed him and I wasn't sure. And Saturday night came, nobody responded to the gospel. Sunday first service, nobody responded to the invitation. It was strong. Like it was, we haven't been together for a while. And I'm like, well, Lord, every, everybody gets saved that day. Like show me if by second service, I'm like super discouraged. And I'm thinking, I don't know. What are we doing? It's all believers coming. Where, where are the lost? You know, they're what, whatever, whatever it was, whatever all my mind. And then second service, as I was given the invitation over here to my left, there was a response. And I felt like the Lord was saying, Ed, that's why you open the building. Those, that's why it was like to this. It wasn't an answer forever. It was an answer for that weekend. That's why you open. And I go, okay, Lord. And what I interpret that was is you open, you gather for the sake of evangelism, encouragement. I do my part. You do your part. God always does his part. And so just get, the, the, the thing is, is just get in. Just take the first step. We're all commanded. And you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have gone to seminary or school. Just tell people about the love of God. And I think sometimes we just fail to understand we fail to understand that one of the most effective ways in witnessing to people is to be a loving, compassionate, caring person. Just to love your neighbor, to step into each other's pains, to think of others more highly than yourselves, to see that there's a group hurting and you stand with them. You see a person hurting, you sit with them. Sometimes we as Christians are so worried about being polluted by the world that we over-isolate ourselves. We're better at being critical and condemning of the lost, dark, godless culture instead of just flipping on the light of joy. So much easier to find an area of culture and go, oh, that's oh, it's so bad, it's so bad. Yeah, it's the world. But the bad can become better when you step into people's lives. They say 95% of Christians have never led someone personally to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. 95%. Whether that's accurate or not, let's just say it's 50%. Whether that's just accurate, let's just say 25% of Christians. I, I think it's a higher number, but let's just say 25% of Christians. You know what that means? One out of every four of you have never shared the gospel and led someone to the Lord. And you go, well, Ed, I keep sharing the gospel. I keep sharing. Great. And keep sharing until you lead someone to the Lord. <laughs> and then when you do, you're going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. But some of you, man, it's time to take this seriously. You believe you're in the last days? One of the characteristics of believers in the last days is they share the gospel. Number two, and we're almost done. Number two, not only is every believer to evangelize, secondly, the Bible teaches us every believer is to evangelize everywhere. Every believer is to evangelize everywhere. And according to Mark's gospel, he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news, preach the gospel. Matthew, as we saw earlier, added, make disciples. 
helping people not only know Jesus, but grow in their relationship with him. And there's a nat- this is the natural outgrowth of a prayerful life and a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It's God's prescription for refreshment. It is the way that God grows the church. Evangelism. I don't mean fill a room. I don't mean make a church bigger. I mean the church. This is the way it's been in the church, modeled for us from the day of Pentecost. God got people's attention. Peter preached to them on the spot. Didn't prepare it. Didn't have anything written. Didn't have a scroll open off the top of his head. What he lived in, what he saturated himself in, came right out of his mouth, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is what you're seeing. This is what God requires. This is the decision you make right now. And thousands of people. Now, I don't, I don't know. Call it a man of faith, not, not a man of faith. I don't know. I don't know that I'm ever going to see 3,000 people get saved. I want to. I really, really, really want to preach the gospel and see 3,000. I, I would love to be a part of it. I probably won't. That's not God's calling on my life. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I, but I was thinking recently, I saw a picture of Instagram of Red Rocks. And we know that that organization that has Red Rocks is not godly, not biblical. They don't preach the gospel. So I prayed during COVID that they go bankrupt. I prayed that they'd go bankrupt and they couldn't keep the contract with Red Rocks so that we could take that contract over and do a citywide real gospel. Now, if I prayed wrong, God can correct it. So don't judge me. (laughs) But I prayed that this crisis, God could turn around for good and that we would have a citywide and the gospel would be preached. And I just thought maybe God would let me see thousands of people get saved. That doesn't have to be me preaching. You know, it, it could be, we could bring Greg Laurie in or somebody. And, and that, that guy, Raul Reese, he just stands up and people get saved. Like God uses him. I, it doesn't even have to be me. Now, I have seen thousands of people at Harvest Crusades and such, but I'd like to be there. I'd like to be a part of it. I'd like to be behind. I'd like to see, I'd like our church to be a part of it. And so just pray. Like pray big, pray beyond your ability and see what God might do. But I want, I, I, I desire, I think it's a godly desire, not necessarily selfish I think it's a God. I want to see the real gospel preached at Red Rocks before the rapture of the church. I think that. So maybe you join me. We were praying for a radio station for a long time, and that was out. That was way out there too. But this year, ten years, Grace FM has been on the air. So God can do crazy out of these things, out of this world things. But what is it in your life? What is it in your life? What's out there, evangelism-wise? I know I'm not an evangelist. I know I'm not good at it. But it doesn't matter. God's perfect in evangelism. (laughs) He knows how to save because he's the only one that saves. He just invites us to be a part of it. And all of us are to share everywhere. We're all responsible to share everywhere, to speak out for what you believe. God is so wise. The Bible says that he's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. We fit that category. Our God is an evangelistic God, church. That's his heart. From the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve fall into sin, how do we see God the Father respond? He goes after the lost. He pursues them. He loves them, has compassion on us. From the very beginning of creation, in his relationship with humans that he created in his image, that failed him miserably, the failure, it's the biggest failure ever to happen. It has affected all of humanity forever. 
What is God's heart? He goes after the lost. He's not so much interested in us having holy huddles all the time and having little things. Like, that's good so we stay encouraged and we strengthen one another and we build one another up. Why? For the fight. For the battle. We're to fight the good fight. So we gather together. Hey, it's good, brother. Good, brother. We start hugging again. Start high-fiving again. Like all of those things. And remember, when you leave the room, do whatever you want out there. You want to hug somebody? Ask them first. But hug somebody. Encourage them. We'll get there eventually in the room. But listen, it's more important that you hug someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone that's lonely. Someone that's laden with guilt. Someone that is is self-harming. Someone that has suicidal thoughts. Someone that is hopeless. Someone that's rebellious. Someone that's angry. Listen, it hit me like a brick when I interviewed my friend, Pastor Bill Buffington. We did those interviews. They're on the app during racial tension, which hasn't gone away. Hasn't gone away. God wants the church to be a part of the light on that. But when I was Bill, Bill, I've known Bill a long time. But when he told me, at first time, when he told me that he was a part of the riots after the Rodney King thing when we were all in California, he was on TV. Let's just say he was one of those guys on TV. I don't know what he did exactly. So, Bill, I'm sorry if I'm saying you did things you didn't do, but just think. He's going into a liquor store and carrying out things of liquor, he's breaking the windows. He's lighting things on fire. He's spitting on police officers. All vile, wicked things. Bill Buffington. And here we are, 20 years later. And Bill Buffington is a pastor of a church preaching the gospel to the very people that he once was. It hit me like a brick, especially in the midst of everything. Yeah, it's easy to see the corruption and the difficulty in our world. But somebody loved Bill. Somebody talked to Bill. Somebody was patient with Bill. Somebody sat down with Bill. Somebody shared the gospel with Bill. Somebody invited Bill to church. And I'll tell you who it was. It was another believer fulfilling the Great Commission. Loving Bill despite his behavior. Loving Bill despite the vile wickedness of it all. And God is still doing that. He's still saving people. God is ready to save those that shake the fist at him. He's ready to save those caught up in sin. Sin. You know, we get into these categories, this sin, that sin. Look, sin separates you from God. And we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if God can save a guy like Bill, and God can save a guy like me, the people you love and care for, God can save them too. And he's put you in their life. Those in the last days, there's going to be a group of people in the last days that shine brightly, that that reflect the wisdom of God. And those are the ones that are sharing the gospel. It's easy for a church to say, well, you know, that's the pastor's department. That's the missions department. That's what missionaries do. That's, no, no, no. We're to preach everywhere all the time with our lives, with our words, with our example, and I know you say, as we close, you know, Ed, isn't this say somewhere in the Bible, wasn't there say you're supposed to do the work of evangelists? Like, isn't there somebody, like, aren't there evangelists that do that? Yeah, there are people that are specially gifted. Some, God has just anointed them to share the gospel and people get saved. But that's not a cop-out not to share the gospel. It's actually a reminder, if you're not an evangelist, you still do the work of an evangelist. 
It's still your responsibility. Paul tells this young pastor, he's not just saying for them, but he's reminding us that there's a work to be done. It's God's method of saving and encouraging. He's an evangelistic God. And it's interesting that there is a sweetness of the work of God. It's interesting where, where you have in the spiritual armor, you've got the feet that are shod with the gospel of peace. You've got all this fighting going on. Boom, bam, you've got person forward. But when you're person forward, you've got the feet of the gospel. It's all about the gospel. It's never not about the gospel. It's all about the gospel and lives being saved. And that is why we're on the earth. And yes, there's teaching, edifying, building up, encouraging, strengthening one another. Why? For, say it with me, church, for the, the gospel. And if I could convince you that you're living in the last days, then my heart is to convince you your responsibility in the last days. Evangelism is not for someone else. It's for you. And it's for me. And there's a lot of different ways God's going to use us because there's a lot of different people in this room. You don't have to be me. I don't have to be you. We just need to be surrendered to the Spirit. And remember, the first step in sharing is caring and understanding the brokenness of people's lives and that your life matters. You were saved for a purpose. Our vision, when, disciple, send. And it just keeps going and going and going until the Lord comes back. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor and part of his message, Evangelism in the Last Days. You can hear it again through our website or app. We're online at AboundingGraceRadio.com, and the app can be found under Calvary Aurora. We couldn't be more excited about the new book Pastor Ed has written, and it couldn't come at a better time. It's called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. I don't have to convince you that people are suffering in large measure all around us. And maybe you have been too. You've been laid off at work, or you recently got the virus, or are disturbed by what's happened in the recent election. You're anxious and greatly troubled. Well, God wants to meet you right where you're at. This book will remind you that Jesus will bring you through your trial, and you're not alone. Request a copy of God's Help for the Troubled Heart today. Maybe order an extra one, too, to give to a friend. We'll send it to you for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Call 877-30-GRACE. And please remember that your gifts help to make this possible. We look to the Lord to provide for us. If He's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either a one-time gift or ongoing support, please visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Well, Pastor Ed, our next series is simply entitled, With. What will you be discussing in the six-part series that starts on Monday? Oh, I can't, first of all, I can't believe we finished Daniel so quickly. So for those of you that stuck around with Daniel, I hope you were edified and encouraged. It was more of a recent study. Just I just finished Daniel not too long ago here at Calvary Church. It was, I didn't know what kind of year we would get. I started Daniel before the pandemic started. I didn't know what the year would bring, but Daniel was so good for us, so encouraging. And now the series with, uh, what's the topic? The topic is Jesus, our good shepherd. That's it. I want to know, I want you to know, I want us to be reminded that Jesus is with us. He's with you. You're not going through this alone. 
as you abide in Christ, he abides in you and he's with you. And that was what I really believed that God wanted our church to know and be reminded of. And that's the simple, it's a simple series, but it's a powerful time. Don't ever underestimate simplicity. Uh, Jesus was a simple man, if you will, in his teaching and how he approached people. And yet he did so as deity in the most profound, powerful ways. You've got to really focus in on this next series. It's also another recent series that I taught during the pandemic in 2020. Uh, And it's going to be a great study. And I do want to remind you guys, another thing that we did at the end of 2020 is we released our book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Be sure to pick up a copy. It will remind you of the power of being with the Lord as he's with you. Man, it's going to be great. Tune in on Monday. I can't wait to tune in myself and be reminded of the presence of Jesus in my life. We hope you can join us in the days ahead for this wonderful new series recently delivered at Calvary Church. Again, it all starts on Monday here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.